Hi, welcome to WGWG.org. I'm Noel T. Manning II, hanging out with Dan Tapster from Mythbusters. Uh, you are listening to Televenture right here on Gardner Webb University Radio. Dan, hey, thanks for uh, spending some time with us today. You're welcome, Noel. No, glad to be here. Well, man, uh, this show, Mythbusters, uh, am I right? 13 seasons this thing's been going on, is that correct? You, you are absolutely right. We started filming it in 2002. It was first broadcast January 2003, and uh, yeah, now now here we are in 2015. It's kind of had a life of its own. It's remarkable. Yeah, it's an amazing show, and uh, was recognized by the uh, broadcast te- broadcast television journalist association with the Critics' Choice Award nomination for uh, for best reality show. Well, look, uh, no, as, as the kind of cliche goes, it's an honor to be nominated. <laughs> Um, exactly. And, yeah, it, it actually really is pretty amazing, um, all the, the recognition you've got. I mean, audiences love you. Um, critics love you. Um, what do you think it is about Mythbusters that continues to be this show that, that people just are drawn into, um, from like, like I said, from critics and from audience members? I think ultimately it's because of a few reasons. I guess for me the most important thing is it's really about two guys messing around in the garage or in the shed as many families and kids and dads and mums do at the weekend, but they've got better insurance and more money. <laughs> so they're able to do things that you would never dream of. So I think for me, one of the reasons it's become a success is because it resonates with the audience because Adam and Jamie are kind of doing things that you do. Right. But at the same time, they're taking them to the nth degree. You know, they're turning it up to 11. And so you kind of watch sometimes through your hands because it can become a bit dangerous and become a bit kind of car crash. But that level of spectacle that the audience has come to expect from the show, I think is also a kind of, key reason why the audience is so loyal for us. Right, right. Well, um, I, uh, but, I, but I also think with, with the way that TV has, has been changing, particularly during the lifespan of Mythbusters, that we've, we've kind of almost become unique in a way, that when we started, TV was much more about classic documentaries, I suppose. It was right. about learning stuff. It was right. about having people you could relate to, heroes on TV. And then when we were in about year three or year four, there was a bit of a sea change in TV. And the idea of learning became much less important. And suddenly the real driver for many TV shows became comedy. And to a certain extent with reality, it became kind of ridicule up to a point. And... And so this idea that there was, well, there were a number of shows that were kind of like Mythbusters, and they all started to fall by the wayside, which, which I actually think is a tragedy. I think it's a great shame that there's a lot of reality TV now that you, you don't learn very much. And so I think these days Mythbusters has become particularly popular as family viewing um, because you know, you, you do learn something from it. Uh, whatever story we're doing, however ridiculous it is, 
even if we're doing something as ridiculous as what really happens when the crap hits the fan. Right, right. You learn something. You yeah. learn some physics. You learn some science. And, you know, I kind of think that's, that's something that some other shows avoid. And I'm actually quite proud of that. And I think, I think the audience enjoys that. Well, we are on the phone with uh, Dan Tapster from Mythbusters. Uh, talking about uh, this incredible show that is uh, 13 seasons uh, in the making. Um, Dan, you've got this great, um, great thing on the Discovery.com website that's Dan Tapster's favorite things about Mythbusters 2.2. Do you remember some of these, or or do you have access to those in your brain on some of those favorite things, or do you want to do a 3.0 here and share some of your favorite things about Mythbusters? Uh, No, look, I, I, I can remember some of them. No, the uh, that that was something I wrote for our most recent season, which right. aired in January this year, um, and that season kind of saw some very fundamental changes to the look of MythBusters, right? Um, because I felt that while while the while the kind of ethos of the show has never changed in twelve years, thirteen years. Um, there were some parts of it that definitely felt like they needed to evolve. Um, the televisual parts, I guess. Um, and they included things like the, 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 ver- the opener of the show, that the, every show used to open with our narrator saying, on this episode of Mythbusters. And then there would be a 45-second highlights package right. from, from that episode. And I kind of felt that after we got to episode 230, that just from an editing and filming and writing point of view, it was really difficult to make stuff stand out. Right. It felt like we could start every show with, on this episode of Mythbusters, more of the same cool, (laughs) awesome stuff you're used to. (laughs) Um, And so, so after talking with Discovery Channel, we were able, we were allowed to, to... instead have a, an opener that was more akin to shows like Breaking Bad, I guess, where yeah. it's something kind of, where it's specially shot, it's kind of mysterious, you don't quite know what's going on, we don't give away any of the money shots of the show, but instead, um, you know, motivate you to watch because you're intrigued. Um, so I was, I, was, I was really excited about that. And, and then I guess something that was true in January, but is more true now is that I just love the way Mythbusters is has become so kind of technical in right. terms of its spectacle and uh, that's primarily because we're a team of first adopters so as soon as something new some new toy is available Mythbusters is nearly always at the forefront and and you know so many years ago we were kind of the first show to get a high speed camera and, yes. and before that a thermal image camera now we are one of the first shows to be using drones regularly, um, albeit in a safe, predictable environment. Right, right. Um, and we are now one of the shows who is embracing 360-degree virtual reality. And, you know, there's a lot of people talking about that, but Mythbusters is doing it. Um, and in fact, I just got a, got back from a shoot for... Shark Week for Discovery Shark Week this year, um, and as well as doing various bits of shark myth busting, we're also putting these 360 rigs 
in the water to, so that our audience can really feel exactly what it was like to be underwater with those sharks. So right. that right. constant embrace of the evolution of technology is something that I, I, I think kind of sets Mythbusters apart. Oh, I agree. And that, that's definitely something that, that I've always really been impressed with is the technology, but also the cameras. You talk about the cinematography, and, and that, does, that does stand apart from, uh, from other shows that may try to be like Mythbusters. And that's, that's always been uh, something I've been impressed with. And um, continue to see that grow and to con- continue to see you guys embrace that and find ways to, to keep pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. That's exciting. That's really exciting. Yeah. And I think, I think that comes from, you know, years ago, Mythbusters, before I ever worked on the show, so in 2002, it was almost deliberately filmed badly. Right. Um, because the, the previous EP um, wanted it to be so much about Adam and Jamie that... The, the filming was almost kind of happening by accident. Um, and that, that definitely worked. That definitely was part of the formula. But when I started in 2004, my background was natural history documentaries, you know, classic blue chip natural history. Right. And for that, I, so I came from an environment where image was everything. It was the most important part of everything that you did. And then I came to Mythbusters where image was deliberately the least important and i kind of thought there has to be a happy medium here um and and i i I kind of think we found that happy medium for a few years whereas now we're definitely leaning towards the blue chip natural history where our our current dop scott Sorensen, is is a perfectionist for getting incredible footage in as little time as he has available. But I, I certainly am very proud of the, of the way the show looks. We are on the phone with Dan Tapster from Mythbusters. He is the showrunner for Mythbusters. And, Dan, that's a term that really only in the past decade has that term become kind of a commonplace thing that people hear about. But so many people still don't understand uh, the general public. They don't understand what the term showrunner means so if you could explain that and also explain how you got involved in Mythbusters, what was your, uh, your journey into that, that, first, that first episode that you did? Let's talk about that as well. Sure. Well, you're right that showrunner is a relatively new term for the, for the TV world. And like so many terms in TV and film, it means different things to different people. Um, you know, I'm sure that Vince Gilligan the showrunner for Breaking Bad, for instance, would probably describe his job in a way that's very different from how I would describe mine. Um, But I guess from my point of view, what a showrunner does, or what I do, is I come up with the myths that we're going to test, and I get those from a lot of different sources, a lot from fans, and, and obviously I work with Adam and Jamie very closely on that. I design the methodology, the experiment that we're going to do, and then work out how to film it, how to structure it, how to write it when it gets to post. So, so Mythbusters is kind of my vision, I right. guess. Right, right. Yeah. I'm very lucky to work with people who share that vision so that, you know, we, 
nine times out of ten feels like everyone is pulling together and everyone is on the same page. Um, so it does it does work very well in that regard. Now, as to how I got involved in Mythbusters, um, as mentioned, I, I used to work at the BBC in the Natural History Unit, and I took a sabbatical from there, ironically, because they were setting me up for a long-term gig, and I didn't want to do a long-term project. Um, so I left the BBC in the UK and went to work in Australia, um, where I got a job for Beyond Productions on Mythbusters, initially as a writer. Okay. Um, my first episode was the episode in which Adam and Jamie tried to break a glass, a wine glass, by screaming at it. And that was so hilarious that I thought, well, <laughs> I have to stay on this show. Right. And then uh, now, uh, well, after a year, I was um, the, the executive producer and then became the showrunner thereafter. Um, the irony, of course, being that I left the BBC because I didn't want to do a long-term gig, and now... Twelve years later, yes, here I am, still on this. <laughs> right, right, kind of crazy. But. Well, well, okay. That's yeah, that, that brings up a great question. What is it that has kept you there? I mean, you you go in not wanting this long term commitment, and all of a sudden you realize, okay, wow, I, I wake up and and I'm in this thing for the long haul. What is it that's keeping you here? Um, I think with, without meaning to sound strange, I kind of fell in love with the show. Yeah, yeah. It, it's one of those things where. I had actually seen it before I worked on it. I'd seen the Alcatraz escape while flicking through 120 different channels on TV, and that was something that made me stop. So I, I kind of knew a little bit about it, but once I started working on it, I, I loved the concept, I loved the host, the team I worked with were incredible, but mostly, and I don't know what this says about me, but I just got it. Yeah, And that, that may sound strange, but even today we have some producers who have worked on the show for as long as I have. And I might occasionally say, oh, listen, I'd, I'd, love a, I'd love a little brainstorm about new myths, new ideas. And sometimes we have long-term producers who will come up with a story and I will hear that story and think, wow, it, it's like you've never watched the show. It's just that that level of, of understanding what makes a good story. Right, um, right. Now, one of, one of the things that means, I mean, maybe it works for me because I'm kind of naturally sceptic. Okay. If someone says, oh, did you read that thing in the news? I will always want to say, well, don't believe it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, you've, you've taken that as gospel, but to me, that just sounds nonsense. Yes. Um, and, you know, I've, I've, I've kind of always been like that. I remember at university, one of the first essays I ever had to do, I did biology, um, was about stotting. Now, stotting is this thing that impala do. Um, so if like a lion is approaching, impala starts jumping really, really high. And the reason that they jump really high, it was speculated that they're just trying to get a better view of the lion so that when it starts running they know to go right and so the other theory was that they jump really high to say don't eat me because look how high i can jump you'll <laughs> never catch me 
catch the guy who can't jump very high. So as a kind of wet behind the ears 18-year-old, right. um, I heard that new theory and just said, that's nonsense, ridiculous, never heard something so stupid. And so I went into this tutorial with a famous biologist at Oxford, um, and he was saying, well, what do you think of stopping? I said, oh, that's absurd, ridiculous, this new theory. And then he got out like this list of 50 references that demonstrated that this theory was in fact fact. Wow. And I therefore had to eat humble pie. But that, that kind of questioning, dubious part of my character has, has really helped when it comes to Mythbusters. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Dan, I know you've got to uh, wrap things up and you've got to take off, but uh, any final thoughts on uh, this, uh, the next season uh, or any, any final thoughts on Mythbusters that you want to share with our listeners? Well, next season is starting, I believe, on the, well, towards the end of July. Um, I'm not sure that Discovery have, have completely locked in a date, but um, a Saturday towards the end of July. And, you know, it's, it's something I'm very excited about, actually. We've got some of the best stuff we've, we've ever had. Um, in this particular run and in particular there is one scene where Adam Savage gets to go up in a um, U2 reconnaissance spy plane um, and he goes up to well the upper atmosphere um, at 70,000 feet or something and it's interesting because not only is it an incredible bit of filming. You know, it's got all the usual spectacle and science and mid-busting, as you would come to expect, but it's incredibly poignant. What Adam talks about when he gets up into this position where he is literally the highest person in the world wow. is, is really moving. Wow. And I'm, I'm quite excited to see what the audience thinks of that because, you know, even as a um, grumpy old cynic like me... I was almost moved to tears watching it. So wow. I'm, I'm quite excited to see what the audience thinks of that. So it's, it's, it's a great season. It's got, you know, one of the biggest explosions in Mythbusters history, which with our back catalogue is saying something. Yes, um, yes. It's got a, got a shark show, and then it's got these poignant moments. It's got a, a revisit episode, which, Noel, they're, they're kind of one of my favourites, because that's where fans write in and say, when you just did this, you messed it up. Right, and we listen to that criticism, <laughs> and whereas other shows like you know put that slide that under the desk somewhere, right, right. we look at it and think, oh, they might have a point. Okay, yeah. we're going to test it their way and see what happens, and and wow. that's that's pretty cool. Awesome. Well, we have been talking with Dan Tapster. He is the showrunner for MythBusters, which you can find on the Discovery Channel, and you can also find uh, Dan on uh, Twitter. Uh, just search for uh, Dan Tapster and Mythbusters, and you will find him there if you want to follow him. Dan, thanks so much uh, for taking the time. You're I've, I've really appreciated this, and I know you're busy, and uh, we had to bounce around our schedules to make sure we were able to get you on, but I really do appreciate your time. No, it's been a pleasure. So thanks very much. Thanks for having me. And for all your listeners, uh, thank you for listening, and make sure you tune in to watch Mythbusters and enjoy yourselves there. This has been Televenture on WGWG.org. Till next time, that is a wrap.